Hello, my name's Gregory Wilker. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Live with Greg. Today is November 17th, 2019, and last night I learned that my podcast had way exceeded the resources I have to keep it alive as a video podcast. So I am actively working to move it to an audio podcast. The video is still available on my website, gregorywoker.com, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Live with Greg. Thanks for your support. Here with my mom. Episode forward, forward, episode forty of Live with Greg. Episode four. Forty. Forty. I think so. Well, I know it was season four. Yeah, forty sounds too high. I have no idea what episode it is. It is season four. I think it's like fifteen or something. No, there's no, okay, wait, this is how we could do it. There's nine episodes a season. Nine times three is 27. And then start in March. So March, April, episode 30. Oh. No, this is episode 31. Because I've had three episodes already. Yeah, this will be June. Be the day before your birthday when this goes live. Wow. 81 years old. Wow. Hard to believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Hard to believe that. Really? Yeah, it is. I mean, like, I have a hard time believing that Esther and James are 21. Hannah will be 23. John is 22, and Bodie Odie, my youngest, is going to be 12. That's not possible. And yet there it is. I know. My grandchildren are getting older. My children, not so much getting older. Um, But my grandchildren getting older is like, wow. But look what they're accomplishing, and that's what's very encouraging and enlightening. I feel like there's hope because these kids are all just doing so well, making good choices. Uh, you know, and making choices, no doubt about that. But it's fun to watch them. You think you're making good choices? Sometimes. Try and make good choices, but that's a difficult process too. Sometimes you make choices just because they're there in front of you. You know, it's like, okay, do we turn around and go back when we know we're probably going the wrong direction? Or do we keep adventuring on? What do you think you've chosen throughout your life? 
overall if you were going to pick one of those two to say I'm primarily a turnaround and go back on primarily an adventure on no I'm definitely an adventure on I'll almost always take the risk of what's out there you never know you don't try it has there been some risks you've taken that you regret? Oh, yeah. yeah. Quite a few. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, a lot. <laughs> uh, and on the other hand, you know, in 81 years, I've got lots of risks that are on the positive side. So do you think that sitting here now, the risks were there, you go, oh boy, that was a mistake. You'd be sitting here with regret had you not made that choice. No. What I, do you know what I mean? No. Um, there's that saying, you never regret what you did. It's always the things you didn't do that you really regret. I know that that's what people who are getting to the end of their life say. They regret they didn't do this or didn't do that. See, I've never approached things that way. I've always just kind of... Um, So something is presented as an opportunity or a challenge and I've never looked at it as um, a good or a bad it's just is the timing right to do this or is it not right to do this and you know some things especially when you have a family or you're going to school or things like that the timing just doesn't work into the schedule well. And so you don't do that. But then there are other things that turn out um, you know, spontaneous. Just do it. And I think, you know, I've told you that my mantra is one of my mantras because I have quite few but one of them is I listen and show up and that seems to work fairly well you know I listen to what people are asking of me or you know see an opportunity that would be interesting or and I just show up, go for it. I don't worry about the consequences because my attitude, being the positive attitude that I almost always have, is that it's going to work out. And I try to talk to... Um, some of my grandchildren and some of my children about how you really create that 
you, know, you create your environment, your existence. So if you're going to create something, you might as well create it positively and well. And, you know, it's step by step. You don't start a house by building the roof. My philosophy. <laughs> philosophy one-on-one by Margie. Well, it's very good. I have an image of you as a frustrated person because you're frustrated with me. I, that, that, like... That's run, that runs you. I don't know that it, I think it did. I don't think it's really too alive now. But if you think of a moment where you were frustrated, for instance, a young man sitting next to you on the plane that wouldn't get up and help with the computer case. Well, he wasn't sitting next to me. He was on the aisle. I was on the window, and there was a young woman, woman in the between. Yeah. <laughs> details. Devil's in the details. Right. Um, which has irony in itself. Um, were you creating that moment of frustration with that individual? No, I felt sorry for him. Were you creating your sorrow for that individual? Yeah, of course I was. I was creating an opportunity to notice that. To and notice your sorrow? Yeah, that I had an element of attachment to that particular instance. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I, I noticed those things a lot. Which brings up my, one of my second mantras, which is a quote by Brew Joy. Uh, no judgments, no comparisons, delete the need to know. So, you know, that gives me peace again so that I don't have to... Carry that experience with you for hours on end. Right. Are there any experiences you're carrying with you now from the past? Well, we always carry experiences from the past. And every day, if they come up and they're frustrating, or as you say, frustrating, or they're noticing, I'm noticing them, I forgive them and you know, forgive myself. And, um, thank the universe for the opportunity to notice that. And you know, let it go. <laughs> it just popped into my head to ask you to tell your David Bowie story. Oh God! <laughs> I can still see him. Bless his heart. I can still see him. <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise. 
You want me to tell it? Do you want to? Oh, no, it's, it's funny. It I mean, is funny. It's funny. We can let the people just wonder what it is. <laughs> They'll have to look you up, come to Nicaragua, and right. hear your story of David Bowie. That's right. That's right. Well, the funniest part about though, that is that Rifka had a poster, you know, a humongous poster of David Bowie on her wall. And it didn't clue. It was just there was no connection between the guy in person standing as close to me who was arguing with me about wanting a box for a $19 uh, feather necklace that he bought at the junk shop next door to our fine Indian art and jewelry store where we sold pieces for hundreds of dollars. And he wanted a box to put this in for his girlfriend. I had no idea it was David Bowie. <laughs> I was the clerk. And I said, I'm sorry, we don't sell boxes. And or I said, you know, I can't give you a box for something that you bought next door. It was a cheap piece of stuff. And he said, well, can I buy one? And I went back in the back room, and I thought about it, and I thought, oh, God, this guy is not going to, he's not going to give up. I'm going to have to. So I said, yeah, I'll sell you a box. So I think I sold him a box for a dollar and a half or something like that. And he paid, and he walked out. And um, the girls who worked in the restaurant next door to us came running over. Did you guys see David Bowie? And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I remembered that um, the American Ballet was in, because I used to go to ballet, that it was in town in Irvine, and his girlfriend was one of the prima ballerinas. So he was buying this $19 necklace for his girlfriend, and it was David Bowie. You picked a fight with David Bowie. I did. I picked a fight with David Bowie. And, you know, the funny thing was is that, you know, he wasn't grinning. He had no idea that I had no idea who he was. And, and maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's so interesting, our judgments. Because I have a judgment of your story and my experience listening to it, which is an attachment to the value of the necklace and the value of things and the importance of the price of something but that's my judgment of you it's like once you once we go into this judgment thing it goes around it's a never ending process yes yeah it is and no one benefits from it no that's why I love that mantra you know no judgments no comparisons. Delete the need to know. What do we need to know about? And the, the, the only thing that I brought up the difference in price was 
I mean, it's, it's very clear the contrast between these two stores. I mean, it's just... Well, one of them obviously doesn't sell boxes with their jewelry. Or doesn't have boxes to give away with their jewelry. Right. And the other one does. <laughs> I mean, one was like a trading post. And ours was a fine art and Indian jewelry store. Right, but this gentleman, his experience of the person was she would appreciate a $19 feather necklace more than anything else on the block. I don't know. Well, it's, it's true. I don't know either. It's my guess. But I don't think it... I don't think his choice came from a concern of finances. No, I'm sure it didn't at that time. I am absolutely positive. That I know for sure. Not a judgment. That one I know for sure. Yeah, that was one of the peaks of his career during that period. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And then the other time, I, and I actually had set this up, but we didn't see him as when... Uh, when I was sailing with Paul and the other couple during the Christmas holidays in the Grenadines, and we spent New Year's Eve on the island of Mystique, um, and we all, I mean, each of the tickets was $120, which was a big cost in addition to the, you know, the whole sailing trip. But um, I did that. I organized that one because um, he had a place on Mystique and it would be really fun to see him. Did you see him? No, oh, God, there, are you kidding? There must have been a million people in this place that held a hundred. It was very, very, very crowded. I mean, it was... Huh. I've, I've had some really unique experiences in my life. And just and I think it's just because, you know, I show up. Listen, I show up. I have a philosophy of treating life like a roller coaster. So once you're on board, you can't jump off. That's not one of the choices. But you could. That's true. No. Well, yes, that is true. But it... All right. You can't. So much for that philosophy. <laughs> Once you're on the roller coaster, you're inclined to stay on the roller coaster. Right. I was just... When you said that, Chris Cornell, the rock and roll singer who took his life last week, I Did you hear about that? Mm -hmm. Well, you can jump off the roller coaster mid-ride. That is a choice. That is a choice. That's, see, I, I mean, the truth is, I don't know popular music. I mean, you and Isaiah were talking about these different groups that are playing in that concert. I, I do not have a clue. I'm not one clue. 
<laughs> being at Rufkin Bryan's for a week with Esther, and they were they were playing music by this group that was not a bad sounding group, and and uh, God, now I'm going to screw up the name because I can't remember it right. But it was like Fat Boy and Thin, Fat Boy Thin. I think that's the name of Fat Boy Thin. I what in the world kind of a name is that for a group? But then to hear you and Isaiah talking about all these groups, it's like, give me a break. <laughs> you know, what is this? Thank you very much, but no thank you. But I, I, I mean, it's not that I dislike the music. I like the music. I got good rhythm, good beat. But if I'm going to a concert, I'd rather listen to new classical music or something, you know, new jazz. I prefer that. It's interesting because I'm just thinking how jazz and classical primarily is named by either the piece of music or the person's actual name. Right. And it's rock and roll that you get these funny names. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing I find interesting about the funny names is why. It's fun. Do you think, like, minstrel players had funny names? Like, oh, the, the evergreen tree ivies are coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Let's flee the black plague and go see the evergreen tree ivies. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, uh -uh. no. I like the one that was the only different jazz one was the modern jazz quartet. Well, then now you just reminded me of the jazz groups that were like the fusion groups and stuff like Weather Report and um who's this girl? That's Spiky. That was Gene's dog uh, that I helped get when he was this big and Gene was helping me at a trade show, a senior trade show in a mall when I had my video. How'd it do? Nobody bought it. Came home with a puppy. Well, <laughs> were you and Jean married at that time? No. No. No, he was just helping me. I guess I was helping him, I don't know. So, if you had any single piece of advice for me, so that it's easier or better to live with Greg, what would it be? Put one foot in front of the other every day. No, no regrets. Have your goals. Honor yourself. You know, you have accomplished quite a bit. Yeah. You've accomplished a lot. I mean, I look back on the, on the 
look at academic stuff. And your dad and I tried very hard to give you kids a solid foundation and you know, teach you responsibility, but also to give you lots of opportunities to see all kinds of different things. And it was very expensive to send you to private schools. But you did learn. You, know, you did learn a lot. And you're the only one that graduated from college. Yeah, I did. No, she didn't. No. No. She went to junior college, but she... No, she went to San Diego. That's where she met Tim. No, she met Tim at Best Buy when they worked in Orange County. Yeah. No, she would... You know, we talked about her going back to school someday. And Rivka's going now. But you graduated the same day I graduated with my master's. And I thought that was quite an accomplishment for you. Who, re who resisted <laughs> education so... You had other things. And uh, I think that you were a classical example of a lot of the kids today who, you're not being, the kids are not being challenged in school. I mean, why be subjected to buy a book that's already outdated when you can find out everything you need to do on Google? This was a really good example. Yesterday when I was standing in line waiting finally, waiting to get on the plane, there was a couple with two young kids, I would say maybe a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And, you know, they were running around. And then finally when we had to line up, the parents corralled them. And the, the littlest one said, What's the biggest plane in the world? What's the biggest anything in the world? And I said, you know, there is a, a site that's called the 10 biggest things. And so the father Googled it and the mother and the father said, isn't it amazing? What will we do without Google? Because then, I mean, he was showing the kids this biggest plane in the world, which is a Russian plane, and I actually saw pictures of it before when I was looking at biggest things in the world. When I was looking for um, sailing yachts over a hundred feet, because my friend in Nicaragua, who's from South Africa, and she's recently been a nurse in England, but her son is the captain of a private 120-foot sailing yacht. And so I was, you know, looking for this boat online, but then I found these websites that are called the 100 Biggest, you know, stuff. You can get very distracted going on Google and then YouTube and stuff.
But I thought, you know, here is these people who are using the tools that we have to answer questions that kids have instead of, you remember your encyclopedias? I mean, those are doorstops <laughs> someplace now. But it's just amazing to, I think it's an exciting time to have, if you're curious, you know, to have multiple answers at one time and find people that you may have lost. I, um, I went to see Hannah's apartment. Well, I was down there. And she, when she was telling me where it was, I said, gosh, that's really close to this guy I used to work for, selling computers. And I'm like, but I couldn't remember their last name. And he's on the video. So, you know, days went by, and I finally got the Vaughn. And then I remembered Von Schlegel. So I looked him up on Google, and they've moved to Arizona. But it was the same man. And sure enough, it's like just around the corner from where Hannah lives in Capo Beach. But you know, to have the ability to find him and his wife again. You know, I wouldn't pay to get their address or phone number, but at least I know that they were still alive. And so I think, I think life is exciting. Stay healthy. Right. Is there anything else that you want to bring up? Or? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you. I love you too. <laughs> My little Greggy. For you.